here uh, this evening if uh, indeed the world would be standing and he has answered our prayers and so here we are again with thanksgiving in our hearts thanking him for the many blessings he so richly give us of course primarily that of the salvation which is in Christ Jesus his only begotten son and our Lord and Savior appreciate the songs appreciate uh, the, uh, the brethren you know we had a wonderful study this uh, this morning I uh, uh, I, I really I, I just got to tell you I uh, was so appreciative of, of the men, their insight, the things that we discussed, uh, their, their knowledge, uh, their forthrightness, their openness. Uh, and so I was truly edified this morning, and I, I know that they'll uh, continue to, to do those things and to learn and grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ together. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, you know, we used to have some Bible studies there as far as the men were concerned, uh, there at South Brunner Street where I preach, but... I think we got a little bit busy. Well, the study here this morning has uh, somewhat uh, encouraged, dare I say, incited me uh, to go back and maybe see if we need to uh, get less busy uh, in the things that we're doing and be more busy in growing together. And so I appreciate these brethren very, very much uh, for that. I'm sure the sisters have good studies uh, as well. I told you last night we wanted to study, or we actually see on the flyer, a two-part lesson entitled The Seed Promise. Now let me just go ahead and tell you about this particular lesson. This actually was a Bible study that I used to do, looking at the seed promise, of course Christ being the fulfillment of that seed promise that God would make to Abraham. And dare we even extend that promise back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15, the promise, the promise that God had stated to Satan that he will be destroyed through the seed of woman. I believe those are the same seed promises. Those promises are interrelated and they continue to be shown forth throughout the biblical history that God gives both old and we see the fulfillment in the New Testament. Now having said that, one of the reasons I say that is there are quite a few verses here. I've done my best to try to condense this into a sermon uh, format. Uh, you may say unsuccessfully. Uh, there are a lot of verses, a lot of passages, just to show the development of this promise and the fulfillment of it uh, over the history uh, of the Old and the New Testaments. So with that in mind, there are a lot of verses that we uh, are going to be on that I'm just going to try to get you to write down. Uh, many of them will be on the slide presentation themselves. But the purpose of this, this lesson, the purpose of this particular study this, uh, this afternoon is to show the amazing, the amazing promise and faithfulness that God has shown in carrying forth this promise. To, to look at the Word of God and to, to get a sense of, of just, like we said, amazement and, and to see how, how God has brought these things to fruition for us to get a better uh, 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 grasp, rather, on His promise, but also a, a greater confidence uh, in what uh, we see the Bible has revealed to us and what we're in, what we're doing as God's children, as Christians, if indeed we are. Now, if we are not... And we should be, that means that we are at an age where we are accountable to our sins and we have the knowledge that God has revealed. I do hope a lesson such as this will motivate us to, to see that what doubt should I have in the word of God. And I need to do what God commands me to do. Alright, now having said those things, I'd like for us to turn in our Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Let's start there. And we'll work our way backwards, of course, and then forwards again. 
Galatians chapter 3. I want to begin in verse number 15 and read through these verses just to uh, get, get a foundation of what we'll be looking at more specifically. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 15. Brethren, I speak out to the man of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now, to Abraham and his siege were the promises made. He said, not as seeds as of many, but as one. And to thy seed, which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before to, uh, of God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgression. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given, which should have given life, verily righteousness should have been by that law. But the scripture had concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up into the faith which should hereafter be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. So many things that we could discuss regarding that. But I believe we all could agree that the Apostle Paul is showing us the great blessing and the promise that God made and the fulfillment of that promise through his son Jesus Christ. Now there are so many things, so many events that had taken place before that promise was made again. As I go back to Genesis 3.15 and of course Abraham through his seed with that promise that Christ be brought forth from the uh, 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 uh from his loins, rather, from his seed, shall the promise be fulfilled. And so there's so many things that took place as a result. So the seed promise is what we want to look at. Now, uh, in Second Peter, again, I know you know these things, but in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 12 through 14, Peter would say, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know them, and I'm sure you all know these things, and are established in the present to the A. I think it is uh, as right, rather, as long as I'm in this tent or tabernacle, some versions may say, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tent, just as the Lord Jesus Christ showed me. And of course, Peter, understanding that promise and realized that he was a recipient of that promise, had great confidence as he would enter into his death. And Peter sees and shows us where the focus ought to be. The beginning. Now, we read what the Apostle Paul would say that Christ was the fulfillment of that promise. That all the families of the earth would be blessed through Abraham and through his seed. The beginning. It is my belief that there have been four one-seed occurrences in human history. Four. Okay? There have been two that are physical, 
And there have been two that are spiritual, and we'll look at that. Now, when it comes to the physical, we see in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, that God created all things. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and the darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Then we find, as God would create all things as far as uh, uh, the, 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 the vegetation, the animals, whether it be land animals, sea animals, all those various things, God would wait till the sixth day to create his most prized, prized creation. In verse number 26 and 27 of the same chapter, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our own likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the, uh, all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so we see that God created man. God also gave man a command. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, Then God blessed man and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. We also see in Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 through 3, And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his works which God had created and made. All right, so from a physical standpoint, what we find is God created man and woman, male and female. We find also, if we were to look closer in Genesis chapter 2, that God created or made the woman from the man and for the man. Woman was created for man. Man was there first. God had given man dominion. God had given man headship. It was according to him. And of course that union, they would all be one, one, uh, one flesh. That was married. They became husband and wife. And God made that and instituted that. So we find Adam and Eve. And of course through them we also see in Genesis chapter 4 that they had two sons, Cain and Abel. And of course, later we would find that Abel would be killed by Cain, and God would allow Adam and Eve to bring forth another son named Seth. And of course, Seth would have Enosh, and we see the continuation of that. I'm just looking at the genealogy here. Now, from that vantage point, Enosh would have a son by the name of Noah, and Noah, uh, Tyre, uh, I'm sorry, Noah, and Noah would have a son named Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and of course, they would have. Uh, wives and of course children as well. So we're just talking about the seed aspect of it. Now, from again a gene genealogical standpoint, we find the descendants of Shem would be the Assyrians, Elamites, Chaldeans, kings of Lida, Lit uh, the Armenians, and of course, more importantly, the Israelites from Jacob. And of course, the descendants of Ham uh, would be the Canaanites, and the uh, descendants of Japheth would be the Gentile nations. All right, now. That's the physical aspect of it. Again, I know I've jumped ahead, but now from a spiritual standpoint. And understand, with the physical, there's always been the spiritual. God did not just put us here to have us here. God gave commandments to Adam, and of course, 
they, uh, both Adam and Eve, would violate those commandments. Sin would enter into the world. So there were physical ramifications as well as spiritual ramifications. But now from the spiritual standpoint, the first promise we see carried out, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden. Then the serpent said to the woman, Ye will not surely die. Well, we know that was a lie. Woman, the woman was deceived. And of course, she would eat of that fruit and then give to her, her husband, and he would eat as well. The Apostle Paul would say this in Romans 5 and verse number 12, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. All because of the events that we just saw here in Genesis chapter 3. Now, we are not under Adam's sin. But since sin entered into the world, all have sinned. All have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. And as Paul would say, even those who have not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. We all sin. We're not under Adam's sin. But we most certainly, we most certainly reap the consequences of it. Now, going back to Genesis 3. After the woman and the man, and, and by the way, just as a side note, you'll find that, yes, Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 that it was the woman that was deceived and fell into the transgression, not the man. That's why it's not permitted that a woman should teach nor usurp authority over the man. And Paul makes that point for a very specific reason, for a reason. Uh, of course, uh, that, there's a whole series of lessons we could do about that. But it's amazing that in the New Testament, when you talk about sin entering into the world, guess who is always given the accountability? Whether it be in Romans chapter 5 or 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Adam is. It's said to come through Adam. Death came through Adam. Life came through Christ, 1 Corinthians 15. We see that sin entered into the world through Adam. In other words, men, side note, we're the heads of our homes. We're the heads of our family. There are responsibilities and culpabilities we're going to have to answer for. See, we can't pass it off like a, God, it's the woman you gave me. It wasn't, it wasn't me. In, in essence, Adam's saying it's your fault. What did God say? That's a no-no. So remember that, my brothers. We will give account for the responsibilities that God has given us. And the failure to execute those responsibilities, we will be held accountable. We're the heads. We have to take that responsibility anyway. That, that, that's a side note. All right, now in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15, we see that, of course, God gave penalty to the man he would toil and labor and uh, 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 work in the ground and, and with sweat he would bring forth fruit. The woman, of course, would have pain in childbearing. She would also be, uh, have, be in subjection, uh, subjection rather, to her husband. But notice what God said to the serpent. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your heel and you shall bruise, uh, I'm sorry, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Note, it would be through the seed of woman. And note now, he, you see, the seed, God is already identifying that this is going to be a man. This is going to be somebody that's going to destroy your work, Satan. Yeah, you're going to hurt him, but he's going to destroy you. So we see this already being revealed. 
And of course, in uh, uh, verses 23 and 24, Therefore the Lord, uh, Lord God sent man out of the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he had taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim uh, the east of the garden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. And so we see the consequences. Then in Genesis chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. Now, Adam knew his wife, and she conceived, and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again. This time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 11, now remember, sin had entered into the world, so unrighteousness is in the presence of men. And so in Genesis chapter, I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 11 and 12, note how the Apostle John reaches way back now. Remember, Cain would kill his brother Abel. And so John tells us what really transpired. We have somewhat of information there in Genesis chapter 3. We do know that God did not have respect to the offering of Cain, but did to that of Abel. The Hebrew writer in Hebrew, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verses 1 through 4 tells us that Abel, uh, Abel rather offered his sacrifice through faith, which is, again, the only way that we can please God according to verse number 6. But John gives us a greater insight or some more insight. He says, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not, not as Cain who was of that wicked one. What does he mean of that wicked one? Hold that thought. And murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. Well, why would, wait a minute. All Cain did was offer the fruit of the ground. God created those things, didn't he? So Cain was just offering God what even God had created himself. He, in his mind, thought that was okay. You know, he was sincere in what he was doing. He meant no harm. Well, why are those works called evil? By the Apostle John. May I present to you because that's not what God asked for. That's not what God commanded. Abel acted according to what God commanded. Cain did not. It's not up to us to decide what we think God should get and what he should have. We simply do what God tells us to do. And in Hebrews 11 and verse number 4, we find about Abel, uh, Abel. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and through it, being, being uh, dead, still speaks. Pause for one second here. Uh, Brother Bryant, can you make sure I keep, I'm looking at the watch, just make sure I keep up with time, okay? Maybe about 50 minutes or so. I'm trying to get to a stopping point, but if I don't get there, you kind of remind me, okay? I appreciate that, brother. Long lesson, guys. <laughs> but I, I still believe it's very important alright so now here's what we find what about the beginning of the spiritual now we noted the physical Okay, we noted the physical and the genealogy going all the way through Noah but now from a spiritual standpoint we again we find Adam and Eve Okay, we find Adam and Eve but now again they had two children Cain and Abel Cain was killed by Abel but we're going to find that God will replace Abel as, as a seed and it's important that we see this, uh, the distinction here uh, from uh, with a child named Seth. So in Genesis chapter 4, verses 25 through 26, here what, here's what we find. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. 
For God had appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, whom Cain killed. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men, then men, now watch this, began to call on the name of the Lord. That is extremely significant. It was through this seed, this son, that men began to call on the name of the Lord. And so we see from this seed, there was Enosh, uh, uh, Canaan, uh, Malil, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and, uh, Lamech brother, and of course Noah. That's that godly, righteous seed. The men who were calling on the name of the Lord. And what does that mean? Well, that means they were obeying God. They were obeying God. That's exactly what that means. In Genesis chapter 6, in verses number 1 through 3, Now it came to pass... When men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, and they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, all of whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. And of course, I believe Noah being a preacher of righteousness would preach for 120 years, but I want you to know something, things about this. Now, I personally, I personally, I personally do not believe, and I'm open to discussion with anybody, uh, that the sons of God here were angels. I don't believe that. I believe the sons of God here were exactly what we saw, those men who began to call on the name of the Lord. Well, how did they get here? Guys, we, we're not told everything that took place and transpired. Well, we find people reproducing, multiplying on the face of the earth. Well, where did the daughters of Cain come? I don't know. I know they came from creation, from Adam. I could go to Acts 17 and say whoever was created on this earth, whatever man lived on this earth, came from Adam. So that's where they came from. And so we find that the sons of God, those who began to call on the name of the Lord, would do what? Well, they got with the daughters of men. And I believe the daughters of men were the descendants of Cain. Because remember, Cain is the seed of who? Is he a son of God? Son of Satan. Now, I don't mean, you know, a demon or anything. I'm talking about, remember, even Jesus Christ in John chapter 8 would say, you're not of my father. You're of your father, the devil. It's how they obeyed and disobeyed God that's the key. See, that's the seed aspect of it. Even from this very beginning, men were obeying God, men were obeying Satan. Lamech was one of them. Remember, Lamech was the first man who had two wives. Would even commit murder and boast about it. Seed of God, seed of Satan. And I believe these daughters of men were of that descendants of lineage. Okay? All right. Again, I'll be willing to discuss it. No problem at all. But now in Genesis chapter 6 and verse number 5, the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I had made man. Not that God uh, made a mistake, but God grieved at what man was doing. It hurt his heart. Could you imagine 
how God sees these things that are going on today. Not that sin is any different. It's just it's definitely more accessible and therefore more frequent in its practice. But now, that man, that one who was a descendant of Seth, the man who first began to call, or then men called on the name of the Lord. This man found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah, the descendant of Seth, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's going to be pivotal to the continuation of humanity. This man who obeyed God and found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible tells us in the New Testament, 1 Peter 3 and verse number 20, who formerly were disobedient, Talking about humanity, when once the long-suffering or divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. And so we see the promise. Who did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, that descendant of Seth, one, uh, no, I'm sorry, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. So here's what we see so far. We see Noah and his son. Shem, Ham, and Jacob would again be those who would repopulate the earth. We see in Genesis chapter 9, verses 18 through 20, that they would endure the floods. As a matter of fact, we find that even God would give commands to these patriarchs, uh, such as you can now eat meat. Remember, we don't find that to Genesis 9, by the way, the eating of meat. But we also find that they would offer sacrifices. Remember, they would bring clean and unclean animals. They offer those clean animals as sacrifice. In other words, men still still doing what God said. Now, they were not perfect. 50 minutes so far? Wow. Okay. All right. Appreciate that. All right. So, we see a continuation of this spiritual beginning. Through God's grace and the obedience of Noah. In other words, a man who understood God's grace realized that God was being gracious. And I believe preached for 120 years, obeyed God, and therefore, man continued. That spiritual beginning continued. And yes, the physical did as well. In Genesis 8 and verse number 17, Bring out with you every living thing of all the flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Genesis chapter 9 and verse number 7, And as for you, be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundance in, this, uh, in the earth and multiply in it. Now where did we hear that before? See, it's a new beginning now. Start over. Start over. Let's do it again. Okay? So, what we see here, Noah and his wife would have Shem, Ham, and Japheth. They would have sons. Shem would have sons. Of course, our fact said was one of the important things there. We'll see the continuation of that. They would have sons, Cush, Jewel, uh, Mizraim, and Canaan. Uh, Japheth would have a Gomer, uh, Magog, just the Gentile nations all throughout there, so we see that seed promise continuing. And then, of course, as we see, uh, our fact said, we see that, that promise of this seed, that seed of woman that's going to destroy Satan. That's what we see here. And, of course, he would in turn, Selah, Eber, Peleg, Rue, again, following in that line, following in that line, Okay, following in that line, and note this now, and from there, Ru would have Surik, Nahor, Nahor would have Terah, and Terah would have Abraham. Abraham 
is of the seed of men that began to call on the name of the Lord. Do we find Cain's lineage? No. This is from Seth's lineage. In other words, God had made a promise to Satan of the seed of woman, you would be destroyed. And notice how God is keeping that promise. And notice how that promise is being kept, not just because of God's providence, His omnipotence, but because men recognize God, realize who God is, and obey Him. That's who these are. Okay? That's who these are. I'm on, I'm on, let me read two more passages, such a passage, and we'll, we'll stop and we'll continue after that. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse them who curse you. And in you, all families of the earth, shall be blessed. And then in Genesis 17, verses 10 through 11, this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants uh, after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. All right. I will pause right there. And uh, we will pick up right here. Uh, just know as a result of that, I, I may or may not get to all the verses uh, in the, uh, in the uh, second part of our lesson, uh, but we will uh, do our best.